again and welcome again to Alive Family Church. We're so glad to have each and every one of you guys joining us this morning. If you're new, uh, my name's Eric. My wife, Eric, and I were the lead pastors here at Alive. And uh, man, we are starting a, a brand new series this morning titled Summer Series. I'll get to that in just a second. But uh, how many of you guys know summer's here? Hello. Come on, Michiganders. Where are you at? Right? With Memorial Day behind us and with the weather changing and summer crews are starting to meet. Some of them even this week are small groups and the kids are, some of the kids around here are wrapping up in about a week and a half. Our kids will be done with school and it's time to bring on summer. Amen. And uh, with summer, you know, a lot of different things happen in summer. It, it kind of is a mixed bag. For some, it's time to hit the lake. For some, it's time to take a boat ride. For some, it's time to lounge at the pool. For, for some, it's time to cast out a line. Unfortunately, we got to cut that grass, right? Not this week because it didn't really grow because there's no rain. Praise God. Uh, but, but we got to do those things, right? We attend grad parties. We hang with friends. And as my, my eldest, uh, my daughter will always remind me. She's like, Dad, don't call me out. Uh, th- there's always a good excuse for ice cream in the summer. Can I get a gay amen? Because every day in the summer is a good day for ice cream. Amen. That's like a motto in our house. But, uh, each summer obviously brings with it its own mixed bag of opportunities. And, and in the same way, here at Alive, we have some core beliefs, we have some core values that make us uh, what we are as a church. And so uh, when I say about culture, we're going to talk about culture this month. In our summer series, we're going to look at the culture here at Alive and look to God's word of where that comes from and what God is calling us to be as a body or collection of believers. But when I say the word culture, sometimes it's hard to wrap your brain around what I'm talking about. When I talk about culture, it's, it's the way a church or an organization feels. It's, culture is who we are. It's, it governs what we do and what we don't do. It's, it's what we hold dear to. It's what we're passionate about. And culture also becomes the language that frames what we do and why we do. And here at Alive, maybe you're not familiar with it. We know, I know we have a lot of new people since we've been in this building. We have 13 values, kind of culture statements that kind of define our culture. And, and these can be found on our website. You can go to the about tab and click on the church vision and vibe button. And you see all 13 of those there. If you've taken growth track, in step one, we go over a lot of those in the online video. Just a side note, if you're looking to grow this summer and you've not been through growth track yet, really, really encourage you guys to go through that and get to know who we are as a church and plant roots somewhere, right? Whether it's this church or somewhere else, we believe your life flourishes when you plant your house, uh, plant your life in the house of God. Amen. And so, uh, but, so we have 13 of these in this summer series. What we're going to do is we're going to take some of these and we're going to dive in and, and kind of look to God's word about what this is all about. And so we aren't going to get to all 13 because we've covered some of these already in previous messages and series, things like kingdom or bust, right? Uh, there's no perfect people allowed, right? We're all better together and that we're a both and church. We've covered some of those in the past, but we are going to get through eight of them in the next two months. And we're going to take the month of June and July and really dive in. And um, it's going to be a mixed bag. And so it'll be different Bible topics. We're going to be all over the place, different speakers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but one goal, to glorify God and to get into his word and really understand who he's calling us to be. And so these will be standalone messages. So you won't have to be here the week previous to understand anything that we're talking about that Sunday. And so uh, we know summer, you know, can kind of be fun and sporadic. And sometimes uh, you might not be here on a weekend or two. You're up at the lake or you're hanging out or whatnot. We get that. But hey, can I, can I just off the bat really say this? If you're in town this summer, find a way to get you and your family to God's house. Amen? And if you're not... 
we offer an online stream. And so you can do that from the lake house. And if you miss that on your ride home on Sunday night or midweek as you're going about or driving around town, you can get on the podcast, you can get on YouTube. Stay plugged in to the word of God and stay plugged into what God is doing here at Alive. Don't disconnect because what I find is sometimes summer can bring erratic uh, church methods and habits and Bible reading and all of that. Summer break is not meant to be a break from God. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you guys to get to the house, get your kids to the church. But uh, today we're going to dive right in. You guys ready? We're going to talk about our first value here, our first culture statement here at Alive. And it's this, and it's also the title of my message. The Bible is our truth. Come on, somebody. The Bible is our truth. The word of God is our guiding light. For all the answers of life, we build our life and we can build our life on the word of God and it is our source of truth. We're going to unpack that and dive into that today. Would you join me as we pray to prepare our hearts and our minds to receive from God's word this morning? Heavenly Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for your presence here with us. We thank you, Father God, that you have good plans for us. And Lord, we thank you for your eternal, never-failing powerful, living, and active word. We thank you that the Bible is our truth, Lord. Show us this and help reveal what that means for us to do and how we can live in light of the truth of your word today. Father, I thank you that you would speak right to every heart. Holy Spirit, customize today's message, and I thank you that we all leave changed and fired up about the word of God in our lives. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed said, amen. Amen. Well, when it comes to the Bible, if, if, if we're honest and we look at kind of where we're at in culture today, I, I really sincerely believe we have a lot of work to do when it comes to uh, by the Bible, our understanding of it, and, and more important, our dedication and devotion to it. Here's some sobering statistics as I was, I was preparing this week. Lifeway Research said that more than half of Americans have read little to none of the Bible. Uh, a study recently done by Ponce Foundation said over 82% of Christian Americans only read their Bibles on Sundays while they're in church. According to a 2022 Gallup poll, a record low, only 20% of Americans now say that the Bible is the literal word of God. A, a new high of 29% say the Bible is just a collection of fables, legends, history, and moral precepts recorded by man. This marks the first time that we're significantly seeing more people not believing that God, God's word is his literal word than people that are. And and this, this is a huge problem. I would believe and I would say that Bible illiteracy is a growing cancer amongst our society. More and more people are not reading their Bible. More and more people are not understanding that God's word is the source of truth. It is eternal, right? And the percentage of Americans that are not reading their Bibles coupled with this, that majority of Americans get their news or their information from the internet or social media, full of fake news, misinformation, propaganda, right? Indoctrination of different agendas and policies. This, coupled with not knowing the Bible is God's word and the truth, can make a generation and a culture go wayward really quick. And so as you know, we've got our work cut out for us, right? There's a real dilemma on our hands concerning this. And this, is, this has been, this question about what truth is, has, is nothing new. Back 2,000 years ago when Jesus was on trial, there was a man by the name of Pontius Pilate that they brought him to. And in John 18, 23, Pilate said and asked Jesus this question. He said, what is truth? What is truth? And I believe this is still a question that we wrestle with as humanity today. 
Now, the good news is God has already given us the answer to this question. God has already revealed to us in his word, by his word, through his word, that his word is true. Jesus said in John 17, 17, as he's praying to the Father, he said, sanctify them by your truth. And then he goes on, he says, your word, Father, is truth. Amen? He goes on, in the Bible we see in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, all scripture, everybody say all. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And then we see in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, Peter says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but by holy men of God as they spoke, they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is a miraculous, amazing, incredible, supernatural miracle and work. Let me talk to you about my Bible just for a second. The Bible is God-breathed and God-authored. Amen? And what an incredible book it is. 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, written over a span of 1,500 years, written by 40 men inspired by the Holy Spirit, written on three different continents, over three different languages. But here's the deal. One author, his name is God, amen, by the Holy Spirit. And we'll, we could talk for days about the power of the Bible and, and the predictability predictable prophecy and all the things that God wired into the word to show us and reveal to us that this literally is the word of God. This isn't a joke. This isn't a good moral a guidebook. This is the literal word of God that can literally change our lives. And we did a series back in 2019 called the Bible for dummies. All right. Because some of you are like, yeah, just talk to me about why the Bible is the truth. If you're curious, if you're hungry, if you're, if you're shaky on the fence, well, I don't, I don't believe that the Bible is trustworthy. I think it's like a game of telephone, right, when you're in elementary school. And one person said it this way, and then by the time you get to the end of the line, they've changed it so much that how do we even know that this is the literal word of God? Well, there's something called the Dead Sea Scrolls, and when they discovered those, they found out the original transcripts matched up really, really closely. God has performed so many miracles to show us and reveal himself to us and show us that the word is serious. And so if you are curious about that, for time's sake, I'm not going to get into the Bible as truth. we got to have that as our baseline this morning if we're ever going to get anywhere with this message. Amen? Shoot, if you're going to come to church and get anything out of any message, you got to believe that the Bible is the truth of the word of God. Amen? Otherwise, we're just wasting time. We're just, we've got hot air in a room, right? We, we could all be out on the lake by now. But if, if the Bible is God's literal word, if the Bible has the power to change us from the inside out, then we're all in the right place at the right time. Amen? But if you're curious about that, back in 2019, we preached the series, The Bible for Dummies. Literally, uh, you can't even like scroll back far enough on our podcast and our YouTube. This is before we even had cameras, so we just have an audio. And if you Google a live family church Bible for Dummies, it will show up on the top one or two hits. If you go to week one, there was a message Pastor Erica preached. It said, where did the Bible come from? If you need a refresher on this, if you want to build your faith in the legitimacy and trustworthiness of the word, I encourage you, go back when you have some time and listen to that message. But, but here's where I'm starting for. I want to launch from the place that we all understand that the Bible is our truth, okay? And if the Bible is our truth, then I'm asking the question this morning that we should all ask, so what? What does that mean for us? And so in our remainder of our time today, I've got four things that I believe we should do if the Bible is our truth. You guys ready for it? All right, number one, number one, get in it. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, get in it. 
Get in the word. Eat the word. Meditate on it. Get in that word. Get it on the inside of you. The prophet Jeremiah in 15, chapter 15, verse 16 said, your words were found, and guess what? I ate them. There's your food reference, praise God, right? And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. So the, the prophet Jeremiah said, I got to eat the word of God. I got to be so hungry for God that I got to consume his word. And, and it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't taste bad. It was joy and rejoicing to his heart. How many of you guys know the word, one word from God can bring so much joy and rejoicing to your heart, so much comfort for your soul, so much hope for your family, so much hope for your marriage, so many hope for your kids. One word from God can literally change your life. Amen? But we got to eat it. Then what God instructed Joshua to do in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 it says this book of the law, also known as the word of God, or we could also say it in modern terms, the Bible, this Bible shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God tells Joshua to not let this word go, to eat it, to consume it, to meditate on it, to learn it, to mutter it to himself, to memorize it, and not let it go. And then he attaches a promise. Then he says, then, once we do that and get it in us, then your way will be prosperous. And then you'll have good success. I think a lot of us want to have a prosperous journey. We want good success in life, in our jobs, in our families, right? But there's a prereq to that condition that we live in, and it's to be in the Word of God. Amen? And so it's important to get in God's word. And we can do this in many different ways, right? And I'm preaching to the choir this morning. If you're here in person this morning, no offense online, we love you, all right? Just stay comfortable in those sweatpants, all right? Make sure, get, get, get a drink for me too, all right? Come on. Just, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just having fun with the online crowd. We love y'all. We're so glad for technology. But I'm preaching to the choir in the room this morning. One of the ways you can get in the word of God is by coming to church. Come on, somebody. And here's what we believe. We believe Alive is a church that believes the Word of God, that preaches the Word of God, that teaches the Word of God. When you come on a Sunday, expect to experience not just the Word, but the power and the presence of God, but also hear and learn and understand God's Word. Amen? No politics, no personal agenda, no propaganda, just Jesus and the Word. Amen? That's all we need. That's all we need. And so coming to church is a really healthy way to kind of kickstart your week, start your week off and get, get grounded in the word. But how many of you guys know it's not the only way? I, I love this quote. I'm always challenged by this quote by a man by the name of F.F. F. Bosworth. He said this, most Christians feed their bodies three hot meals a day and their spirits one cold snack a week. And then they wonder why they're so weak in faith. I don't know about ever, ever have anything step on your toes in a good way? Scuff your new J's? That one does. Right? We're like, we don't miss a meal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to eat. But we come to church like once a week if, if we got enough sleep or if we weren't out of town or if we made it a priority. And we're like, why are we so weak in faith? Why is this life so hard? And God's like, man, you can't just snack on the word of God. Right? You, you got to get in it. Right? Like, like, let's take this to the fitness analogy arena. Right? How many of you guys know? You don't get super fit or super ripped if you only go to the gym once a week every now and then, right? You're just like, like uh, mentally being like, cool, I'm in this club, I work out. But if you only go like once or twice a month, how many of you guys know you're not going to see some really good results, right? 
It takes consistency. It takes frequency, more reps to be able to actually see some results in our life. And the same is true spiritually. One snack on the Word of God on a Sunday morning isn't going to sustain you through the whole week. That's, there's not enough protein in that. Amen? All right, you got, you got to go the distance with that. you got to up that. And here's the deal. If you sleep on average about seven hours a night, then what you're doing every Sunday here at Alive, about an hour, hour and 15 minute experience, that's just 1% of your waking week. 1% of your waking week is here. 99% of it is out there. If the only time you open your Bible or even think about God is on Sunday morning, I'm glad you're doing it. But just know your diet and your workout routine needs to up its ante if you want to be spiritually jacked. Does that make sense? We got to put in some work and we got to get it. And side note, side note, I love this. When you come to church, just encourage you, participate. Come on, somebody. Participate. This isn't a show. This isn't a spectacle. This isn't an experience. This is the church. We are the church. Amen. And here's the deal. You guys would laugh at this. If I just went to the gym every day or every Sunday and watched other people work out, would I get fit? Wow, you're really running fast on the treadmill. Hey, way to hit the elliptical, man. Oh, yeah, those squats are massive, right? And I'm just walking around eating pizza. Like at Planet Fitness, they have pizza night. Like, we want you to get fit. Here's pizza night. I think that's hilarious. Sorry. Cheat day. No judgment. No judgment zone, all right? All right? Pizza day. Shoot. You can't watch somebody else work out and get fit yourself. So when you come to church, participate. Don't just watch somebody else worship and sing. You worship and sing, amen? Because when you worship, God inhabits the praises of his people. You're one of his people, amen? Don't just sit there and watch other people give their tithe and get blessed financially. You do it, and you get in on God's economy. Come on, somebody. Whoa, we got real quiet. Hold on. Don't just watch other people turn to their Bible and actually take notes and engage with the message, but, but you do it too and be changed, amen? Get in the game. We will not get spiritually fit watching other people read their Bibles. We must read our Bible ourselves. And so coming on Sundays is important, really important, but that's like the, the starting block, I believe, to a healthy, strong Christian relationship with God. There's other ways we can get into the Word, too, and, and it's this. I just want to encourage you. Have you ever thought about reading the Bible or trying to understand the Bible outside of Sunday morning? It's a really good thing. And it could be physical. It could be digital. Whatever your jam is, I'm not trying to judge you there. Uh, I love what Charles Spurgeon, one of the great preachers of old time, said. He said, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Oh, come on, somebody. A Bible that's been worn, that's beat up, that this thing gets crammed and I spill water on it and all this kind of stuff, right? A Bible that's fallen apart hopefully belongs to a man or woman that isn't, that has their life together because their life is on the source of the truth of the word, amen? And so we can read the Bible outside of church. There's Bible reading plans. There's topical studies. There's whole books of the Bible study. And I'm going to share and announce something really exciting at the end of service today. Some of you guys have heard about it already, but I'll share it at the end of my message today that's going to really help us get some good, healthy rhythms of reading God's Word together as a church community for the next two months over the summer, which I'm really excited about it. The other thing is you can actually read your Bible at church, though, too. Like Here's a concept. Could we bring... A b- a b- the B-I-B-L-E. Can we bring a Bible to church? No, that's way too, that's too, that's too weird. I don't want people to like drive by 23 and see me carrying it in. Like, label me a Jesus freak. Could we bring our Bibles? To, is, is church a good place to bring our Bibles? 
Like, if we're not going to bring our Bible to church, where are we bringing it to? The club? The bar? Like, the lake? Like, where, where are we bringing our Bibles to? Or are they just collecting dust? Like, or we just, I love it. We just display it in our house. It's all looking holy and stuff. It's got like an inch of dust on it. And God's like, open it. Read it. You're like, no, I just don't want to mess up the decor, right? Don't be ashamed to bring your Bible to church. I know it's inconvenient. Now I got to carry something. There's one thing I could lose. Side note, some of y'all got like eight winter coats that you're missing. They're at the lost and found, all right? You don't know we have a lost and found? It's around. It's where the coat hanger is. Four, four of you are missing Carhartt jackets and all that, and they're about to be mine, all right, for next winter if you don't take them, all right? So, so go, go check that out. We got water bottles, Pez dispensers. We got stuff from Christmas still over there. I don't know how that happened. We weren't even in this building during Christmas. Like, <laughs> how does that happen? Sorry. I'm, I'm in a fresh mood this morning. It's good. We had, a, we had a good day yesterday. It was a good Saturday, wasn't it? Come on, we had to relax. I'm a little loose. But it's okay to bring your Bible to church. I won't shout you down. I won't make fun of you. I guarantee no one else will. But man, we get so comfortable. And there's nothing against the Bible app. But call me old school if you want. I love technology. I love the Bible app. I love, hey, remind you to read the Bible and get those streaks and be all competitive about how many days in a row. I love, I love the verse of the day. I read it every day when I wake up. But here's what I know. there's nothing like my physical Bible. There's nothing like it. You know why I love this better than the Bible app and my phone? This thing never texts me. This thing never shows me social media notifications. You know what I'm saying? This thing never has a bunch of cat videos on YouTube that you just get stuck in the YouTube portal. Like, I went on here to research how to build a fire pit. I'm watching cat videos. What is my life? Y'all know, don't, don't you play dumb. <laughs> Could I just put out there a challenge? And I'm not sure anybody who would want to join me in this, but at least for the summer series, for June and July, maybe you can give it up in August. Could you, one, find your Bible or buy a Bible or get a Bible? We give out free Bibles if you don't have one. Get a physical Bible, put your name in it, bring a notebook with you, bring a pen, and expect God to speak to you through it while you're at church. Could you do it? Could we have a bunch of Bible... Th- Bible thumpers, you know, people are dropping Bibles and leaving Bibles. I'm calling you midweek. You left your Bible, and I'm so proud of you. But come get it, because it's not doing any good being here when you're there during the week, right? I'm just throwing that out there. If we need to start giving kids cash to the adults to bring their Bibles, you know, some of you guys don't even know about that. In elementary, they get, a, they get dollars towards their kid's store to bring their Bible to church. So I'm like, Danny, here you go. You could go buy a Jolly Rancher after service because you brought your Bible. Good job, all right? Amen? Coffee, yeah, coffee, yeah. You want coffee? Let's bring the truth with us, amen? And the other way we can get in the Word is we can listen to it, you know? We can read it, but sometimes we're on the go, and I love to multitask. When I'm cutting the grass, when I'm working out, when I'm going for a run, you can can listen to podcasts. You can go back over old messages. You can get the Word in you to eat it, to meditate on it, to get you down in there, right? Find other biblically sound teachers to fill your ears and your, your heart with the Word of God because we need to consume it. We need to eat it, not just snack on it, amen? A good diet routine requires daily intake of healthy things. This includes reading the Word, right? 
here at Alive, we offer other opportunities too. Take a grip class. Uh, grip Basics goes into deeper Bible study, right? We do crews. A lot of our small groups center around opening up the Word of God in a specific area. I love what Paul told the Colossians. He said in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it said, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom and teaching and admonishing of one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. If we want the word of God to dwell in us richly, then we've got to get in it. If you're rich financially, you have a lot of money. If you're rich in the word of God, then you spend a lot of time reading the word of God. Does that make sense? That's pretty simple, right? And so permission granted to remove some of the distractions, right? Shoot, some of us need to get off Facebook and get our face in the book. Amen? Right? God, we need to get off Twitter and realize that God can change our life in 280 characters, whatever it is now or less. We need to quit mindlessly scrolling on Instagram stories and TikTok stories and get in God's story and find our place in his story. Amen? If we really want to be spiritually strong. You see, the Bible is living, it's active, and it's powerful. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The New International Version says, The word of God is alive and active. I love the Bible. The Bible will change your life if you give it an opportunity. The Bible is the only book on the earth that when you read the Bible, it reads you. It cuts right to the heart of things. It knows what's going on inside your heart. It knows what's going inside your head. And it can lead you and guide you in the right way you're supposed to go. Come on, somebody. The Bible is the truth, and it is our truth, so let's get in it. Come on, somebody. That was a long point one. We got a lot of ground to cover. Number two. Number two. Since the Bible is our truth, number two, know it. Someone say know it. We need to know it. It's one thing to hear something. It's a completely other, other thing to know it. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, Jesus said, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, and you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Free. free. How many want to be free in this place? Come on, somebody. Free of sin. Free of guilt. Free of shame. Free of sickness and disease. Free of lack. Free of confusion. I know I want that in my life. Amen? He says, if we abide, if we live, we make our home in his word. That isn't a once every now and then spiritual snack of the word of God. That is something that we do on a daily basis. We, we know it, right? If we're, if we gotta know it, if we're ever gonna walk in it. Amen. And this is so true. This is so true when it comes to our culture today, because here's what, here's what I think the crazy thing is. You can't know that you're being lied to unless you know the truth. You can't know that you're getting lied to unless you know what the truth of the word of God is. Because here's what my Bible says. The Bible says that the enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, the little dude with the pitchfork, however you vision him, he is a liar. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And so if you don't know what the word of God says, if you don't know what the truth of the word of God is, you'll have no clue what really is a lie or what's truth. What they're starting to put into our schools, you won't know if that's right or if that's wrong, right? Or what, or what, what's starting to creep into our culture. You have no clue if that's God's plan or if that's man or evil or wickedness if we don't know the truth. So we got to know the truth, right? 
The Bible is our source of truth. The Bible is our plumb line. The Bible should be our foundation. We cannot build anything on our lives other than the word of God. That's what we have. That's why Paul challenges Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15. He says, be diligent, young minister. Be diligent. Present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we can rightly divide or interpret or understand. We can know the word of truth. And if we can rightly divide God's word, guess what? Then we can wrongly divide it too. We can miss it too. And that's why we need help in our lives to do this. It's important to rightly divide it because that's when we'll know it. And when we know it, it can actually set us free. Many of you guys are aware of Live's mission here. We exist as a church to help people know God personally and to live for him passionately, right? And part of the way we get to know God is we get to know him through his word. We get to know his will through his word. We get to know his character through his word. We get to know what God likes and what he doesn't like according to his word, right? We don't just want you to hear the word and leave. We want you to come to know the word. Because when you come to know the word, that's what can really set you free. Amen? So the Bible is our truth and, and we should know it. But number three, I really want to talk about this one. Number three, since the Bible is our truth. Number three, believe it. Someone say believe it. In order for the word of God to really do something in our life, we can't just hear it and get in it. We can't just know it. But number three, we got to believe it. Another way to say this is we got to trust in it. Right? I believe, according to Scripture and, and how Scripture interprets itself, that by, the Bible is legit and trustworthy. Maybe you're on the fence about that. Go back and listen to that message that I mentioned earlier. Really help you iron some of that out and get secure on that. I also know that the word of God is trustworthy because of the one who wrote it because my father is trustworthy amen because my bible says in numbers 23 19 god is a man that he should not lie nor a son of man that he should repent has he said and he will not do or has he spoken and he will not make it good no it's rhetorical questions if he said it he meant it amen and he can perform it. And then Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return back to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Come on, somebody. God is trustworthy. God always does what he says he's going to do. Amen? He's not a man that he should lie. He's not schizo God. He's not mad at you one day and happy with you another day. He doesn't do one thing and then say, Nope, I actually made a mistake. I didn't really promise you that when you do that. Ha, I tricked you. God never does that. And so if God's the author of the Bible and he's trustworthy, then I can put my faith and trust in the word of God. Come on. And, and, and here's another random thought. The word's going to be there forever, so you might as well get used to it. Someone's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14. In the beginning was the word, and the was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh. Who that be? Jesus. Wow, we're awake this morning. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Bible is our truth, and Jesus is the Bible. Woo! So it's been there since the very beginning. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. We were singing about that in that third song today. Your word is forever settled in heaven. That means it's forever there. And as Jesus was talking about the last days in Matthew 24, verse 35, he said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The Bible was there in the beginning. 
it's here right now and it's going to be there for eternity. So we might as well do something with it. We might as well engage with the word of God because when everything else fades, when all is stripped away from our life, when we're face to face with Jesus, guess what's also going to be there? The word. That's why Pastor Eric and I's message, some of you are like trying to take notes, you're like, why do we go to so many scriptures? Why are so many verses? We want our, ver- our, our message to be slammed with the word of God because we believe the word of God can change you. We don't want you to be like, oh, that's awesome. We like what they said. No, we want you to like the word because the word has the potential to change your life. Right? We, we understand that, hey, eventually our stories will be forgotten. Our analogies will be lame. My, my food analogies will get spoiled. You know what I'm saying? Right? There's going to be a day when no longer we are the main communicators here, but there's a day never on the planet, never in our life, where the word of God fails where the word of God fades, where the word of God leaves, right? So if we can leave you with the word, you're in good shape, amen? Because the word can work in your life. Therefore, if we believe the Bible and we have faith in it, we can have faith. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith, it's impossible to please God or please him. Come on, somebody, we've got to put our faith in the word of God if we're ever going to get the rewards that God promises us from the word. And the way you have faith in the word of God is to get it down on the inside of you and to make it yours. I believe a lot of us try to keep the Bible up in our head with knowledge. There's a lot of people that know a lot about the Bible, but if you look at their life, you're like, really? They believe in Jesus? God wants revelation, and that drops down on the inside. God doesn't just want you to know the truth of your word. He wants, and and he doesn't want to just fill your head. He wants it down on the inside in your heart, right? The soil of your heart is the condition in the planting ground where the word of God can do some life-changing things in your life. Psalmist David said in Psalm 51, verse 6, Behold, you desire truth in my inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Down on the inside in our spirit, man. And here's what I know. Whenever life squeezes you, Whatever's on the inside is going to come out. Come on, this summer, if you squeeze a lime, help me out. What's going to come out? Lime juice, right? If you squeeze a lemon, you pump a lemon, what's coming out? If you squeeze a Christian, what should be coming out? Well, Jesus, the word, yeah, all these. But how many of you guys know that doesn't always happen? Jesus, right? Someone said, Cheez-Its. That's what I heard. I think when I was younger, I thought my kid was like saying Jesus. He was just saying Cheez-Its. <laughs> he was just hungry. Sorry. I was like, oh, man, he's going to be a pastor someday. <laughs> what you put in is what you get out. So when life squeezes us and we don't know the word and we haven't believed in the word, guess what? Fear comes out. Doubt comes out. Worry comes out, lack comes out, sickness comes out. But when we know the word of God and we believe it and we receive it, then when the life and all the trials of life squeeze us, the word of God comes out and the word of God works, amen? And it slices like a double-edged sword and it slices the enemy and it discerns what's evil and good and it puts us on the right path, amen? That's why the Bible is such a big deal. It ain't some outdated, irrelevant, joke-broke book. It is a life-giving book that can bring life transformation to you and to others if we believe it. And so believing God's word and having faith in it is simply taking God at his word. It means if God said it, then we can believe it, and that settles it. You can be who God's word says you can be. 
You can have what God's word says you can have. You can do what God's word says you can do. Someone say the Bible is our truth. Amen. And because of that last one, number four, live it. Live it. God didn't leave the Bible just to read it, to know it, or even believe it. Ultimately, he left us his word so that we could live by it. Like James said, to be a doer of his word in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but also a doer of the work, right? Doer of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does. So when we allow the Bible and our, the word of God to form our Bible form believes and it begins to affect what we think and what we say and what we do and we begin to live by it, that's when true power is released in our life. See, the Bible can literally transform your life and it helps you in so many ways. It helps us renew our mind, right? In, in Romans chapter 12, verse two, what it say? Do not be conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What do we do to renew our minds? What do we renew them with? We renew them with the word of God, the Bible. We renew our minds by the word. And what's God's will? It's his word. He left his word because it's his will. It's what he wants for us. We can live the Bible by letting it lead us and guide us in life. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Could we allow the word of God to lead us in every decision? If you're facing a really big decision right now coming up, maybe it's a career change, maybe it's a, what are we supposed to do here or there? What are we supposed to do with this account? How do we handle this child situation? I've always been taught whenever you don't know what to do, up your word intake time. Uh, up the amount of time you're in the word because the word of God speaks, to, it's how God speaks to us. So I don't just want to make an emotional decision or even just the most logical decision. I want to make a spirit-filled decision, which is backed by the word of God. Because the word of God says it would lead me and guide me. It'd be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Amen. And so when we take the word of God and we apply it to our life and we begin to live by it. And when we truly are transformed, that, that's where the true power is at. And that's where we can then begin helping others experience the same life change as us. So here at Alive, and I believe here in our lives, we must live by this culture that the Bible is our truth. It is our truth. And so I pray that you're stirred up this morning. I pray that you're encouraged this morning. I pray that you're challenged this morning. Number one, get in it. If you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. Number two, know it. Know what it actually says. Read it, right? Number three, believe it. Trust in it. And number four, walk out in faith and live your life by the word of God and watch how God can protect you, bless you, and take you places you never thought you could ever be because the word of God is forever. It's unfailing and it's never changing and it's going to be there. It was there in the beginning. It's going to be there in the end. And because, because Bible intake is such a big deal and because we're in summer series, 
And because summer traditionally has the reputation of us all trying to maybe fight spiritually or maybe slip a little bit or get in that spiritual slump because we're not here as much or whatever, here at Alive, we want to create a culture this summer where we are all about the Word of God. And so we're going to go on the offensive. I'm just excited as we end here. I want to announce to you something that we're going to do church-wide, and, and it's this. We're going, to, we're going to do a summer Bible reading plan. If you've never, yeah, whew, one person, thank you. I'll, I'll see you in the word. Rest of you, I don't know. Starting tomorrow, we're going to read through one chapter a day in the Bible from now until Sunday, August the 6th. So that's going to be 63 days. That's going to take us and lead us right up until when the 21 days of prayer and fa- or prayer start in August. Two, two months of the word. We're going to read just a chapter a day. We're going to start in the Gospel of John. And then after that, we're going to hit a bunch of the epistles in the New Testament. The really cool thing is it takes about five or ten minutes to read one chapter of the Bible a day. And by the end of in the next two months, if we do this every day, we've already read 25% of the New Testament. Really cool. Really simple. Really practical. But getting in God's Word. And uh, we've made it real simple here on your way out. Uh, the ushers at each exit will have physical bookmarks for you and we made it physical because we're just trying to encourage you get a physical bible dust that thing off figure out where that thing is at come on somebody so you can stick this in this now there's no judgment if you do this on your bible app and follow along and we've actually got a digital download of it because we live in a digital culture and all that stuff and if you're not here you're like i want that well it'll be here next week and you come in and grab one what it's on the website, and we'll send an email tomorrow morning about it, and you can print it out and, and have your, you, you, you can follow along. Tomorrow, it's really easy. John chapter 1. And then you go to 2 after that, and, and 3, and you do that for 21 days, and then we're going to be done with the book of John, and we'll move on to something else. But could we do this? Like, have you ever, have you ever read the Bible for 63 days consecutively? Like, like could, would it hurt your life, or could it help your life? I don't know. Like money back guarantee. There ain't no, it's free. So you can get your free back, all right? But what if it starts to get down on the inside of you? What if it starts to change the way you think? What if, what if it starts to change the way you respond to your spouse? What if it changes the way you parent your kids? What if it changes the way you handle your money? What if it starts to do something in your life in a good way? Come on, somebody. We're going to read it together. The church is the body of believers, and we're going to do it together, and we're going to make it really easy. Now, if you want bonus extra credit gold stars that we will not give you, because God's not about that, get a journal or a notebook or something that you dedicate for studying the Word of God and have something to write with, and when you read, expect God to speak to you or reveal stuff to you, and when He does, write it down. Amen? This will change your life. And so you read through a chapter and you say, I like to say this, so what? Sometimes I get attitude, I got, so what? Cool, I just read chapter one of John, so what? What does that mean for me? What do you want me to do with that? And so maybe write down a revelation you get or what do you feel the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do in response to that reading that day? Or is there somebody you need to text and call and say you're sorry? Or how, how does the word of God affect your life? Make it practical and make it personal. I believe it will begin to change your life, amen? And you can do this consistently. And so... Um, remember the Bible is our truth and it's living and it's powerful and so we're going to get in it this summer amen does that sound good and if you want bring your physical Bible to church and let's take up seats let's take up space with these things yeah no 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 you can't sit here why 
my Bible's sitting here. Seat's taken. All right, Forrest, all right? We need to pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and uh, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Oh, man, do we love your word, and we want to hunger and thirst for your word like never before. This summer could be our best summer ever, Father, as we put you first, and we put your word first, and it takes proper priority in our life. Father, we just thank you that the word of God would come alive to every single person, Father God. As we read it, it wouldn't just be like, cool, I did my duty, check mark, let's go on with the way I live my life. But no, Lord, that the word would literally speak to us. It would transform us. It would change us. It would mold us into who you've created us to be. The word of God would go forth boldly in our lives, Father God. It would come out of our mouths. It would change the course and direction of our life. It would change the legacy that we live. Father God, we believe that your word is truth. And and the Bible is our guide and our truth. And so, Father, help us lean into it this summer and grow spiritually, Father. We love you. We praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody greet, Seb. Amen. So be it.